Hey, 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 everyone. Before we get into today's episode, I want to officially announce that I am accepting applications for my winter and spring cohort thrive program. Okay. And I'm super excited. I'm going to be honest with you. I am because I know this program is extremely life-changing and I've had the privilege to work with so many ladies who are doing exceptionally well. And this program is an exclusive accelerated 12 week journey. Okay, where we get to work together side by side. So you and I will be working together to disentangle any current challenges from the dissolution of your marriage or non-marital relationship. This program is designed to help you gain the insights, the techniques, the tools, as well as the strategies that will give you the clarity, courage, and confidence that's necessary to step into a new chapter and become the author over your life. Okay. Now, although this is a group coaching program, spots are limited because my first priority above all else is to provide a safe and supportive space for my clients. Okay. So ladies, if you know that this is your season, then I want you to head over and apply today at www.imreadytothrive.com. Okay. That's www.imready.com the number two, T-H-R-I-V-E dot com. Classes start March the 12th. And I'm also going to link the website in the show notes, okay? And so let's get into today's episode. And I'm looking forward to working with you on March the 12th. Welcome everyone to the Purposely Thriving Podcast, where we are growing, evolving, and becoming into our highest self in every area of our lives so that we are able to live authentically and whole as we step into a new chapter. I am your host, Tanya Carter, and thank you for joining and tuning in with me this week. So over the next two weeks, I wanted to invite two people that I've had the pleasure of working with in my program. And I like to bring my previous clients on because what I've known to be very influential in anybody's lives, no matter what you're going through, is someone else's story, as well as the courage and confidence that it takes to overcome it. So one of the things is is that outside of the story, it's also the ability to prevail, right? It's the ability to rise above. It's the ability to conquer those challenges as well as those obstacles that truly resonates with other people. So when we hear about someone else's journey, it can truly inspire us to push through our own difficulties and keep moving forward. Because one of the things that I know to be very accurate when you're going through a divorce is that sometimes we think we're on this island, right? We we're think we think that we're on this island of believing that no one gets it or we're the only ones experiencing this or we can't share our struggles or be vulnerable with other people, that there's no hope or possibility for change. We feel isolated and disconnected from other people. We don't know what a term for help or support. We feel ashamed or embarrassed about our situation. And we believe that sometimes we're just not strong enough to overcome our challenges, or I would say resilient enough. And so I wanted to bring my guests on um, that I worked with last year. And my guest's name is Janice Young. And Janice and I worked together in May. 
May of 2023. So it hasn't even been a year yet. She's originally from Maysville, North Carolina. She's a mother of a beautiful nine-year-old daughter. And we had the pleasure of working for 12 weeks in my accelerated program. And I wanted to bring her on because she just displayed, in my opinion, I, I think she went through the program with a lot of grace, but also with a lot of grit. You know what I mean? Like Jernice showed up. She She's definitely um, an amazing client to work with. She values Jesus herself as well as her family. She's a problem solver as well as an encourager. She enjoys being creative, designing bracelets. When I tell y'all her bracelets are fire, okay? She designed some good bracelets, honey. She likes to read, write, and spend time with her family. And so without further ado, Jernice, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being a guest on today's podcast. Oh my gosh, coach, thank you for having me. Oh my of course. Goodness. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to bring you on because here's the thing. I, all of my clients are amazing. Let me put that out there. I, I, I'm being honest, y'all. I, I said it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I was a guest on somebody's podcast and I'm going to say every client that I've worked with has been amazing. And there's no doubt about it. And, and Janice was one of those clients. And I wanted to bring her on because, um, like I said, we work together. She's a mother of a nine-year-old daughter. She she works. You're an accountant, right? Oh, oh no, that's not my ministry. I'm a consultant. Okay. Well, how did I get it? It's okay. How did I, how did I get accountant? I don't know what it, I don't know where that came from, girl. <laughs> I don't know. Tell the people what you do. What's your profession? So, I am a business consultant. I do like project management, program management, process management. You want to manage and solve. That's pretty much what I do. I've been doing consulting for about 16 years now. Okay. So yeah, she's that process driven. And I should have known that based on the assessment we did in the program. I don't yeah. even know what I was thinking. But <laughs> yeah, so we got her profession. Um, She's been doing it for 15 years. Um, And I want to, let's go back down memory lane because I like to paint a picture I like for people to see the journey how long were you married oh I was married about two years so I had a it was a pretty short stint for my marriage wow. two years yep. wow and you know it's crazy because people would say two years you didn't try you didn't you didn't do anything uh -huh. for it to be two years right because when we see yep. people been married for decades right. um, that may be looked at a little different as you know, they put forth an effort, but then you got out after two years. You you right. said that this is this is time to dissolve. What got to the point of saying, I can't do this another year? Two years is all I got. Honestly, it was the moment I sat on the edge of my bed, and this is honest. And I said, you know what, God, you I surrender my marriage to you. Now, I said it because we were just going through things where we were not aligned on things. It was getting a kind of just a little rocky. My daughter was two and nothing happened to the point where she knowingly experienced anything, but the atmosphere just wasn't there. Things were off. They were just totally off. And I was trying things. And, and in all fairness, let me say this, in all fairness, mm -hmm. I wasn't supposed to be in that situation in the first place. That's okay, let's talk. Let's let's, let's go yeah, there. Okay, that's what this there. is. We, yeah, we yeah. want to be honest about this. It's we true. don't want this. Yeah. So you said nope. that I wasn't supposed to be there. So let me go mm. and get all the way back for someone who's okay. like, what in the world? Okay, so this is what happened. I ended up getting um pregnant with my daughter um outside of my marriage. And mm -hmm. I 
listen, I was like 34 at this time. Now I'm like older, older. And I'm still at the point where like, oh my gosh, what does this look like? I can't tell my parents. I'm, I'm teaching in children's ministry at church. Like, what does this look like? You know? And so um, my ex, what he did, and, and this was, he honestly was like, well, I want to do right by her. So I'm gonna ask her to marry him and marry me, you know? And that's really what happened. So he ended up asking me and I think it was because he knew that I didn't like the perception like I had a perception to keep up like I said I'm, I'm teaching in church you know um I'm this I'm, I'm honestly like I'm like this good girl like what in the world you know I don't mm-hmm. look first comes love then comes marriage then comes the baby carriage I <laughs> home, right you know what I'm saying and it's like no no we can't do this and even mm-hmm. though I didn't verbally tell him that he knew Mm-hmm. He knew he could tell how I felt. He could tell how I grew up, my family values. So he asked me to marry him. I said, yes. Now, mind you, here we go. Like We didn't have like a public like wedding wedding. Like We had something at the church we were going to really small. Like, my parents were not even there. I didn't even tell them yet because I was like, I don't want to ruin the chance of my parents being there and my dad walking me down the aisle. So we'll get married so that I'm married. Before mm-hmm. I had my daughter, remember, the, got to have the marriage in the carriage. So let me get married before I have my daughter. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do this again and bring everyone in together. That, mm-hmm. That's okay. That, that's real talk. That's exactly what I did. So technically, I was married, truthfully, before I gave birth to my daughter. But honestly, when I look back at it, we were, we just, we were not aligned. Was he a bad person? No. Was I a bad person? No. We just, but values, like when I sat back and after going through your program and I look at the on paper and all the stuff that I value and kind of where my mind was and where I knew um, from what I could tell, like where he was, we we just were misaligned. Again, right. his values and what he chooses to believe and do, that's on him. But I realized I was outside of, but I was trying to fit things together. So it looked good on the outside. And so that's mm. why my marriage lasted two years. It lasted two years because it really, when I sat back and after the Lord was finally like, when I, and I, cause like I said, I fast forward, I sat on the edge of the bed and I was like, okay, God, you can have it. The, the conversation I should have had with him before I got married, I had after I got married, which is okay. You can have my, it's your way. What do you want to do? Mm. And I'm honest telling you what I thought was going to happen. I thought he was going to change things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I thought God's going to come and change, you know, change my ex-husband, maybe change me. And we we would carry on and we would just be new. And that's not what happened. Two years later, uh, two years, sorry, two, um, actually two weeks later, after I said that prayer on the edge of my bed, we ended up having a little situation. And basically it ended up in him saying, you know, hey, look, I can't do this. I'm I'm done. And I will never forget. Um, I sat there the whole day. And typically after he said those things, I'm like, you know, the woman, he was like, no, 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 like, I can't, we can't give up. Let's talk. Let's go to therapy. And I sat there the whole day. And we didn't say much to each other. We said nothing. As a matter of fact, he went out somewhere. I literally sat in my car the whole day before I had to pick my daughter up and I'm praying. I'm like, God, what do I do? And all of a sudden this thought comes to me. If he meant what he said, when he said he was done, let it go. And I was like, let it go. <laughs> you know, like, this is not what we're taught. Like you said, we're taught to fight. You know, you fight for it. It's a marriage. You know, you don't just walk out. You don't just let it go. What do we need to do? Let's bring people in. Literally, that was the thought that came to my mind. I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, when we finally got together that afternoon to talk, because I mean, we hadn't talked since earlier that morning after some things had, you know, went down and were said. Mm-hmm. The first thing he said to me was, I was coherent when I told you I was done. And I was like, oh, Okay. And oh, I was, like it's, it's one of them. Head, you you throw your head to the side. Oh, yeah, like, okay. okay. He was coherent. 
Now, the interesting mm-hmm. thing was now who I know it was was telling me that was the Holy Spirit was saying, if he meant what he said, let it go. Yeah. The first thing he could have said, anything he could have said, how are you doing? You know, it's mm-hmm. been all day. And again, this is not to fault him. I'm just talking about the conversation, you know. Absolutely. But no, I'm coherent. You know, I was coherent when I said that. And so my response there was, well, okay. Like I knew we were done. I knew mm-hmm. it wasn't, I knew I didn't have to fight. I knew, honestly, you know, some people would disagree with me, with me on this, but I do believe that God is not for, he's for the right unions. I will tell you that he's not for unions that aren't meant to be. And I was in one that was not meant to be. And honestly, Tanya, he gave me a way out. Like yeah. it always amazes me that the mess I got myself in trying to cover stuff up, he offered me a way out. Mm. That's what happened. Mm. I love that. I absolutely love that. I, I think that's also where God joins together. Don't let man tear apart. You know, um, yeah. people don't talk about that enough, but I appreciate number one, I appreciate your honesty. Um, I really do because this, this is a conversation that we need to talk about and that's being misaligned. And that was a word that you said that stuck out to me. You said that we were misaligned in our values. We were misaligned in, I'm I'm sure when the values are misaligned, it's really hard to even build off that because the values is really the foundation first, right? So let me ask you a question. What was some of the things that you felt like we're misaligned so we came from different backgrounds okay you mm-hmm. know my background with my you know and I, and I say this carefully like, you know I had my mom and my dad in my in the household and so just foundationally like how our, our family was structured it wasn't we didn't have a hustle mentality when I say hustle mentality it was like we got to hit make ends meet we got to do 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 like I kind of had this like I don't know I had a feel like I had a home where there was safety and him on the other hand and no fault of his own he had a home where it's like, we got to grind, we got to hustle. You know, um, his dad wasn't necessarily in his life when he was growing up. So, you know, his mom and his grandmother and aunts did, you know, wonderful job, you know, raising them and, and, and right. we got to make this thing happen. And so we, we had two different viewpoints of like, what a home and kind of like how we approach things should mm-hmm. be. Okay. So it was different. Like, uh, you know, he would often say, he's like, you know, I come from, str- I bring struggle. I come from struggle and see, for me, I didn't. So I didn't have the mindset of like, it's okay. Like to me, it's not okay if my lights get turned off. That's that's not normal for me. That's not okay. Like we, we right. don't we don't do that. Mm-hmm. I know things happen and I don't say right. that anyone who's gone through things, but I'm just saying like that wasn't a norm for me. So when like stuff started going downhill or we can't have enough to pay this and do that, I didn't know how to respond to that. Cause I'm like, I don't respond like that. <laughs> I don't, I'm not okay like we're waiting to get to the last straw before we just see how the chips fall like that just wasn't my thing so we just our mentality how we approach things like in our home was different it's because of how we were raised foundationally and I'm gonna say this too foundationally even from a um belief in God standpoint it was different like I was raised you know to believe in God and believe in Jesus now I chose at an older age to commit to that more than you know I was just raised that way but I chose to commit more he wasn't, he was raised in different ways. But I will say when I met him, he chose to like, you know, hey, I'm gonna go to church and believe in Jesus. But I honestly tell you, when I think about it, I think sometimes you're influenced by people that are around you. And I think he knew that those were my values. And it was kind of like, okay, then we're doing this church thing. But deep down inside, he had, he had questions. He had other beliefs. He wanted to explore other things. And we were not aligned on that. 
I mean, I'll never forget we had a relation, we had a conversation. I was um we were driving home to see my parents. I was pregnant at the time with my daughter. And somehow it came up, we were talking, and I was like, Oh yeah, like we're gonna go to church. And he was like, you know, I was like, I'll make sure she goes to church. You know, our kids should go to church. And he was like, Well, I think they should choose. And I'm like, choose. There's no mm-hmm. choice. <laughs> you know. Right. Again, so those are the things we were just, we, it was different. We just viewed things differently. And there were just conversations I never had because, I mean, come on, I was just like, well, you know, eventually, you know, you align with people or it looked surfacely that we were aligned on enough to move forward. But when I think about it, we were not aligned on the foundational things. So it was never going to be stable. And I think sometimes what we do in relationships is we hope that as time goes on, the other person might eventually get to where you are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you hope that you can influence them enough. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, who did I think I was to influence? This man has free will. He can choose what he wants to choose. Like, who do I think I am to do that? What rights do I have to do that? You know, I, I didn't think about that. But at that time, you know how we do as women, we're just like, girl, you know, if I'm nice enough. If I do enough, he'll see and he'll want to, you know, no, like that's his choice. He has to choose. And so, again, it was just those fundamental foundational things from how we were raised, what we believed that we just we were not we just were not on the same page with it. That's all. We just were not aligned. How long were you all together before you all got married? I would say about. (laughs) <laughs> my daughter's nine months yeah uh, maybe uh, a little shy of a year okay Probably a little shy of a year okay so a little shy of a year um and then you, you felt the need you, you said something else too that I want to talk about because I think this is so important too and that's the ability to maintain this specific image mm-hmm. right um I think that puts a lot of pressure on people to do things that they know in their gut not to do. Um, let's talk about that. Why, why did you feel like that was so important for you to do was to maintain this image of maybe perfection? Yeah. Is that the right word or is there another word you want to? That's the that's, word. That's the word. Mm-hmm. That's the word. It's a word that when we were in your um, program that when we sat that one week when we had to do the know thyself uh week which I I it was two a couple weeks I dreaded that was one of them because I was like man I gotta sit and look at myself oh gosh because I knew that was a thing I knew that from a very small age not that it was any fault of my parents it's it was society it's what kids do you want to be the good kid you just do because guess what the good kid gets the teacher's attention The good Mm -hmm. kid gets, um, you know, you get all the praise and the accolades. And so what started as a child in me, I had to hold on and preserve. And I couldn't have made it this far, which little did I know. (laughs) I made many mistakes along the way, you know, in my life, you know, but I couldn't be like at 34 and oh my goodness, like I can't let that image that I've held on to from being a little girl who got straight A's to the little girl who ended up graduating number one in her high school class and she got the full scholarship. She, she could not do that. Not this little girl who's the daughter of the deacon and the mother at the church. And like, come on, she couldn't do that. And I'm 34, like I'm way grown, grown by this time. But I still felt I had to hold it together. 
And I had to have this dirty image. And so I could not, like I said, we had to, we had to hold this thing together. Like, no, like, cause at this point I'm like, I'm older, so I should at least know better. Right. You know? And like I said, like I'm the woman that's at church, I'm teaching the kids in the Sunday school class, you know, mm -hmm. like, well, I should know better. And so that's what made me feel like, okay, I got to hold this thing together. And for some reason, now I look back and think about it. I'm like, oh girl, <laughs> girl, girl what, were you, what were you doing? You know, even piecing those things together, Tanya, didn't change what truly occurred. Right. It, it really didn't change it. And if anything, it complicated things. Because now I pulled this person who I don't believe ever wanted to really be a perfectionist into my perfectionist world and what he did. And that's why I said, I, I admire him for choosing to say, you know what, I know she wants to be married, so I'm going to marry her. You know, like right. I know she wants his image, so I'm going to fit the image. And so I, there was pressure on both ends. I mean, was. the pressure for you to be, you know, to maintain this image and then the pressure of him yep. maybe stepping outside of choosing something that he didn't want to do at the time as well. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I don't think he wanted to. I think he did it. And I mean, he didn't like act begrudgingly about it. You know what I'm saying? But he went with mm -hmm. a flow that I don't think was his flow. And that wasn't fair to him to do that. Right. It wasn't, you know, it just honestly, if I'm honest, it just wasn't fair. You know, and I and yeah. I hate that people do that because I've heard people unfortunately do it. And I and I'll say I'll say that boldly, we've done it in a church. You know, we've done it. Well, go get married. Yeah, no, do not force people to do that. Do not, because they could potentially look if a child is here, I believe God has a reason for that child to be here, irregardless of the method in which they get here. So they're they're here. That's a human life. They're here. But do not force a dynamic that may not need to be there because it's more harmful than it's helpful, just for the sake of saying you did the right thing. Don't don't do that. That's mm. don't don't do people like that. If they're like you said, who God joins together should be together. Not because we need to look like a family on the outside, and the inside has no foundation and it's broken, and and you don't know what goes on behind those closed doors. So, no. Mm -mm. Mm, no, that's that's good. Did you feel embarrassed? Oh, I did. Very. <laughs> I'll never forget. I'll never forget the first, like, this is me calling. Now, again, I keep saying I'm grown and I'm 34 because I'm like, I'm a full adult. Praise God, supporting myself. And I still felt that um, the the need to please people, for people to be proud of me, um, it, it made me nervous to share like, okay, I'm pregnant. I'll never forget. I, I called the lady I was serving with at church and I told her, I said, I need to tell you something. And this is me. I done stepped my own self down. I got to step down because I'm pregnant. And she said, oh, Artina. That's my first name. That's my government name. She said, oh, Artina, we love you. You are loved and you're going to be supported and we're praying for you. And if you choose to step down, that's up to you. But if you don't, you're more than welcome to continue. Like, I can't tell you, like, what people didn't know, and I'm going to say this too. Oh, no, what people didn't know that I didn't tell them was that if one person honestly had um, probably said the wrong thing to me, I honestly don't know if my daughter would have been here. And that's real talk, because that's how much I hinge my, my, what I had, my world, this like perception of myself, like what this image I put out there, that's how much of a hold it had on me. That of had what other people sense, thought of what other people thought that wow. had the wrong person said or the right person I'll say they said the wrong thing about my situation I don't know if I would have had her and I and that is another reason why a lot of people didn't know I was pregnant well now I'm gonna put a pin here my mama said she knew because she said I kept having dreams about you and I knew something wasn't going well, some mama's girl you can't know. keep nothing away from them <laughs> they know having dreams yeah they know 
I'm going be having dreams. So when I finally told her, she was so relieved. She said, oh, I'm so glad because I knew something was going on with you. Because I just, you know, I held it and I held it because honestly, Tanya, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was like, yeah. I can't do this. What are people going to think? What am I, you know? And everyone around me poured on so much love. So I'm going to say this again for somebody. If somebody's going through something, do not shame them. Yeah. You don't know what they're internally thinking don't about. Don't have a clue. Don't know what they're going through either. Not now. Don't shame. Mm. Don't do wow. that. Don't mm. do it. So mm. let's um let's talk about after the decision, right? When the decision was made, um, I think. And and correct me if I'm wrong. This was more about caring about other people and what they think as opposed to you being able to provide and take care of yourself oh yeah absolutely yeah. it was there yeah yeah what are they gonna think and the funny thing is <laughs> you know what I realize now most time most people and I say this carefully they don't care like we think people care a lot more about what we have going on and they really actually they actually do people have life going on too they're mm. really it's really not that that serious you know, mm. it's not. And now that I look back and I'm just like, and honestly, here's the thing that God showed me. He was the one who cared, you know, like when I realized where I had to actually adjust um, where I kind of put my hope at, it wasn't in, in, in my, you know, what people going to think. It's like, what did God think? And what he showed me before I even had her, um, one, he showed me it was going to be a little girl. I kid you not. He, I knew I was having a little girl. And in one of these dreams, he gave me so much. I had just had this outpouring of like love and emotion in a dream. I don't know if you ever had dreams where sometimes you wake up, you crying or something like I had all this love. And I, that was the moment I knew I was like, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm going to do this. And, um, best decision ever. I look at her to this day with her nine-year-old going on 25-year-old self. And I'm like, what would I have done without you? She, yeah. um, I tell people a lot of times, she helped, God used her to help shatter my walls of perfection. He really did. He used her. Because it was even in those moments where I knew, after I knew my um, my marriage had was ending, um, that I knew I had to stand up for me, but for her too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew I had to be an example for me, but for her too. I know this, like, she loves her father and I expect her to love and respect her father. I will never take that from her just because things between he and I didn't work out does not mean she should love him any less. She should, she, you know? Mm -hmm. And so she forces me a lot of times when I think about, you know, just kind of where we are in life to, you know, what? Well, look, be the bigger person, take the high road. Does this really matter? You know, like what does the atmosphere in my home look, feel and look like? You know, um, it's it's so much. And so she she really did. Having her really shattered my perfectionism a lot. A whole wow. lot. I love that. That is so good. So um I know you joined the program last year in May. So before you joined the program, how many, how long it it was after the divorce? Uh we were separated for two years and divorced three. So by the time, yeah, 23, 23 was like, yep. So by the time I joined the program, we were like three years divorced, two years separated. And yeah, that's how long it was. It was about five years total. Wow. And so what made you um what made you decide to join? Because you know, after five years, it wasn't about him, right? Um, a lot of the time people think when you're talking about this, oh, you're only talking about people who just been divorced. I've been divorced for decades, but 
you can be unconsciously stuck in a past um, and not even realize it. And so what made you say, okay, I need to join this program, even though I've been out of this relationship for a total of five years, I still feel like I need, you know, some additional support. It's funny because so one reason I joined um, was because a friend of mine had gone through you know your program and she was just like she kept inviting me she was like you should check out you know you should check my coach out and I was like okay but I had those initial thoughts I'm like listen I'm five years removed I, I was thinking this in my head like look I'm five years re removed and and I moved past that and and then I joined kind of just like the, the week that you had prior to people signing up you know being able to sign up if they wanted to for the program and I listened and I felt like you were talking to me and everyone every night I'm like Oh my gosh, that's me. I'm stuck. Yes, I'm on the hamster wheel. Do I know myself? Do I know what I, I like? Like I realized I went into autopilot. So after I got separated, I went into autopilot. Because remember, like I said, though my daughter helped me break down these walls of perfection, I also went into doing what I knew how to do best. And that is to focus. And I just, I focus so much on her and on achieving. Because again, like I'm, a, I'm an achiever, right? So like, I like to go after goals and stuff. So I just, I dug into things and I never stopped to look at me. Never. Like I'm on, I'm listening to you talk to us one night. And I'm like, I don't even know what my favorite ice cream is. I really don't. I'm not 100% sure of my favorite color. Because for every person around me in my life, because I had a people pleasing issue as well, it's whatever they like. You know, I, I joked one night when we were on our calls and I was like, you like the woman in coming to America. You know, she's like, well, whatever you like, whatever you like. Like that's how yeah. I really felt. And yeah. so- I sat there and I said, man, you don't even know yourself. Mm. Like you're, you're stuck, not stuck, like you said, so much so in from what happened with my relationship, but I'm stuck in a place where I like dug my head into things and I never came up to heal. Mm. I, I never came up to reflect. I I put that, I put all that in the box and I kept going straight ahead. But the funny thing was the residue from the box was always, it was there. It was just, it was looming in the background and I never went back to address it. Never. Wow. I just kept going. Mm. That's good. That's good. And, and, you know, with no hesitation, Janice joined, like this wasn't, she, she joined and she showed up every week and we worked together for, for an amazing 12 weeks and what made you say, you know what, I'm going to show up for myself, right? Because when you are a people pleaser, you don't, it's hard to really prioritize yourself because you're so consumed with what other people think, what other people need. And like you even said, I'm going to focus on my kids. And here's the, I think this is the pushback from, a, from probably a lot of people. I don't agree with that method. I get it, but I don't agree with it. This doesn't mean to neglect your children, of course, but some of us unconsciously live behind our children yes. to the, I mean, to the point where you, you, you've made them so much of your world where you don't allow yourself to even look at yourself. That is not a very healthy way to a healthy approach. And so what made you say, okay, this is, this is the time, this is the time for me to put myself on my calendar, show up every week. And let me explain y'all, you don't just get on calls. Mm -mm. I give a lot of homework, mm -hmm. right? And she's, if you're watching this on my YouTube, <laughs> she is shaking her head. 
for real, to the point where you cherish that homework. I don't think any of my clients threw their homework away. They still got oh, their notebook. right here. My binder's right here. See? And it's right in my office. I'm, I'm sitting in my office now and it sits in my office right here. They're like, I got this binder. I'm right listen. And because it's, it's personal, right? It's, it's personal. It's not like you're going to college. You just in class. No, this is not, this is not this type of program. Um, and so what made you show up for yourself this time? What made you recommit to you? Because when I realized how fast those five years had gone by, mm -hmm. I was like, another five can go by just like that. And you can still mm -hmm. be sitting there not figuring out what you want and what you like. And if I add that five to that nine, she'll be 14. And if I keep adding it, eventually she's going to have a life. And see, I'm not going to have one because I'm not even going to know <laughs> anything about myself. Like I'm losing time. All I can think is like, I'm, and when I say losing time, I have it, but I'm like, when am I going to start? Like, what am I waiting for? Right. I, I can do everything else. I was actually, and I still am. I'm in a doctoral program going through your, your course. And I thought I was crazy. I was like, there's no way I can do that homework and this homework. But the difference in the homework you give us is you made us look at ourselves. And I was like, do you finally, like, it was like this moment when I'm like, Jernice, you owe yourself this. Do it. Guess what? If it doesn't work, it's 12 weeks. You've been doing this for five years. Why not? But what if it does work? Right. What if it does? And what I realized is you gave us things that are timeless. That's why this notebook is still in my office. It's timeless. I can pick it up at any time. It doesn't matter what I've gone through. And you know, I went through something at the end of our very end of our program with my family, but I could still come back after that dust had settled a little bit and I could pick this binder up and I could go right back and say, okay, what, are, what do I value? What are my visions? Okay, I had goals here. Where am I? Let me, okay, let me look at them again. You know, I could I could pick it just right back up. It's like a toolkit that all you have to do is pick it up and start using it. And it yeah. starts bringing you out because what it started doing was reminding me again. Because naturally you'll want to go back into your old habits and patterns, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's real easy. You'll go back into, I could easily go back into the people pleasing and, whatever everyone else likes, you know, but it, it's like, it always bring me back to, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're a person and you matter just as much as my baby matters and I love her, but I have a, a purpose too. I got things I'm supposed to be doing as well. Like there are gifts inside of me too. And when I don't pause long enough to understand what those are, when I don't pause long enough to learn to be nice to the person I spend the most time with every day, which is myself. Like I was not nice to me. I did not realize how hard I was on myself. <laughs> so after we I sat in your program, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how um I was wired, like kind of I was wired to like, you know, I was kind of wired to enable people because you know I want to fix everything. I remember consultant, problem solver. Don't think I landed in that profession just by chance. You know, it's just it's kind of how I'm wired. And I didn't realize, like, wait a minute, you can't fix everybody's problems. You cannot fix everything. You can't, that's not your job. You got to put the right boundaries up, you know. Did but, you feel like you were trying to fix your ex? Yeah, I was trying to fix not just him, but his situation. Because remember, I told you we had mm -hmm. different lifestyles. So I'm like, wait, if he had was built, like had some of the things I had in my life, maybe it would help him, you know. So let me not just fix him, but let me fix his life and his situations. Let me not make it so much so that it's a struggle. Let me take the struggle out. Let me take the struggle out. What could I, little me, I'm going to take the struggle out. That he wasn't actually interested in doing for himself, right? Okay. No, I'm, and see, here's the thing about that. And I want to really point that out. Cause like you said, you're a problem solver, right? And I think that's an amazing attribute, 
right? It is, it, it is. But when it comes to being in a relationship, mm-hmm. that you you got to know what this means showing up relationally because it may work in the, it's been working for consulting. That's right. Right? It, it works, right? You fix problems there. It. However, it, that same approach may not necessarily work relationally. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that you, you had to come to that level of understanding is, is being able to let go and understand that someone else's pain is not necessarily your responsibility. Absolutely. It's not. And they have to choose to want to do something with mm-hmm. that. Like they, have to, they have to, you know, they have to make a choice and it doesn't matter. Like, cause sometimes we feel like, well, if we show someone the other side of something, but mm-hmm. again, you had us do another exercise a couple of weeks after that, know yourself. And, and you made us sit and then we kind of had to reflect on our relationship. And when I sit and I think about, and it, it, it almost caused me like to put myself in his shoes. And if I were to put myself in his shoes, you know, um, there's a lot of things that I don't think deliver- he did deliberately. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think it's just a lot of, look, I was, this is kind of, this was my life. This was my experience. Now I'm not saying Mm -hmm. people can't make choices. They can, you can choose, you know, you can choose your path. Absolutely. But I do feel like a lot of times you got to sit back and maybe like, maybe I'm responding because that's all I know how to respond. Mm -hmm. And so for me to sit there and I'll go here, I'm gonna go here for women. I'm a woman and I'm gonna be a woman. He was raised by women. Okay. And I'm gonna do this. I'm doing the same things they did. All they knew to do was to hustle and make sure they could provide for their kids. So when you're a man, all you see women knowing how to do is hustle and they provide it. You might think, well, she enjoyed that. She liked yep. to hustle and provide. The truth was, no, I didn't. Because the way mm. I was raised was like my daddy to this day, he would sit up and make sure he's the last person up in the house. He's the last one. Like, I'm used to a man, you know, um, stepping in and me feeling like I'm covered you know and and that's just how it is so yeah that's exactly what happened I thought I could solve a problem but all I did was enable something that was already there and I actually I just lived up to a narrative that was already there Mm. I didn't realize I was doing that wow that's that's good to come to that revelation about being the enabler, being the rescuer, um, feeling like you were responsible for someone else's pain and being able to let go and realize that his problem is his for him to solve um, or not. I mean, that's his free will, right? To do or not to do. I think what's important is, like you said, when you see women like I don't know maybe in his his case he saw women working hustling grinding and that can you know put a belief in him that this is what women should do and we feel like we have to almost do that to Mm -hmm. prove ourselves yes that okay I can do exactly what his parent his mother did or his grandmother and then maybe he'll see and then become this man that I I mean, it's like the story. We would tell ourselves a whole entire script and be more so upset that it's not producing the outcome that we expect. Exactly. Um, I, I like that revelation. I know that um, I know there was a lot covered in the program, right? Um, because it is an accelerated program and there was a lot covered what do you feel, what was the one thing that you believe you got from the program that you think was a game changer for you? 
Oh, no. Or you could say your top three. Yeah, um, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Like whoever's going, you know, whoever has the opportunity to go through your program, like just get ready because you think like every day you getting hit with something. And I say every day because you're always doing something. And you're just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. I think thought this way. Oh my gosh, I didn't know this. So when I think about going through it, the one of the things that stuck out was I learned to give myself grace. Cause I do not give journeys grace. I never let myself off the hook. I'm like, what's the next achievement? Let's go grab it. You know, what's the next thing? Or I should have known better. Grace. Like give yourself grace. Like you're a human. You a whole person that's gonna make some mistakes. It's okay. And still gonna make them after the it's program. Still. That's is it, y'all. The mistakes might be different. Right. And they will be because you're different. Right. But I'm telling you, if you think that you're gonna avoid nope. everything that is that's just gonna set you back up for failure it'll totally set you up for failure and, and you know another thing you showed is like you made we had to show up but we showed up in this vulnerably safe space and so the mm. other thing I learned was like to come bring it like bring bring it bring you bring the, yeah. the you that day that man I missed I said this today or I did this or I didn't realize you know like you we had to bring that because I realized, but it was a safe place to bring it because you would ask us things like, well, tell me more about that. And so you made us sit and kind of sit in it. Let's think about it. Let's work through it instead of either beating yourself up so much that you couldn't get up from it. Or like I said, put it in that box in the closet, like whatever, that's what it was. Like I had to learn to face myself. This program said, look at you, look at you. And don't look at you with a condemning look, but right. look at you. Yeah. Okay. That didn't feel good. Why not? Yeah. It felt good. You realize you like doing this? Well, let's talk about that. You know, like you it just it it made us look at ourselves. And a lot of times we don't. And I feel like as women, like we all and it was funny because when I was doing my bio for this, like after, it was because of going through this program that I specifically didn't do this in my bio. Say, hi, I'm Jernice Young. I graduated from North Carolina AT. I have two master's degrees. I'm the mother of this. And mm -mm, because that doesn't define who I am. So mm -hmm. I sat there and I said, okay, what are my values? What do I value? Okay, I value God. I value my family, I value myself. Okay. Um, what am I passionate about? Stuff I used to define myself by my what I thought people wanted to hear and accolades until I went through this. And I was like, oh no, there's a whole lot more to you than stuff on paper. Like at the end of the day, I mean this respectfully. Anyone can go to school and get degrees. Anyone can be taught. You can teach yourself. We're intelligent beings. So that's not it. But who am I? This program made me start. Looking at who am I? Who is Janice? What is Janice like? What is she not like? What were her experiences as a child that might have shaped how she thinks? Is that the right way to think about you? Do you need to be shaped? Like it just made me dig deep in 12 weeks. <laughs> 12 weeks. Yeah. It's the start. It's the start, but it made me start looking at myself. It made me get off the hamster wheel and like get off out of autopilot and like start showing up. I love that. Was that three? Did, was, and I might have been ten. <laughs> yeah, the, the the safe space is the is definitely my favorite um, oh. that you said because I um, even when I get interviewed, people say, "Well, what is the most important thing?" I said to have a safe space because we're talking about things that people have tucked away, people have suppressed, people don't want to feel judged or condemned, and if we aren't able to feel safe the trust doesn't get built. And this program takes a lot of conscious work. Um, that's why she said, 
I was at an autopilot because many of us are just, we know the, the, the routine, get up, take care of the kids, go to work, come home, whatever those other thing is, people call you, you there for them. Like that's an autopilot thing, but this is more conscious where I have to really sit with myself and just be and not do, because as you said, you're an achiever, achievers perform. And achievers always feel the need to perform, even for the ladies who work from home. I mean, not work from home. You're a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. Don't think this don't apply to you because you still feel the need to perform at home. Right. But when you are challenged to sit with yourself and actually think about yourself, how you feel, what's coming in your head and in your heart, that's a different type of work. Yes, it is. And it can be scary because sometimes you don't know where to start. And that's why I'm grateful for the program because you had steps to kind of get us there and you had to learn how to like start doing this thing like I mean to start learning to show what what am I grateful for today what am I expecting like stuff I don't ever think about you know like I think I'm a grateful person but am I am I deliberately sitting here like man you know I'm grateful for this this and this like you made us like do things where we had to check in with us and not just like you said get up and just get out the gate you know and it was it helped me a lot like a whole lot because I was the queen of autopilot and I will tell you something to this day I still have to pause like I haven't achieved I haven't gotten there like I still have to say whoa 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 Mm -mm. like wait a minute wait a minute hey hey what am I grateful for like where am I uh this just got on my nerves what just happened that made me like (laughs) change my attitude (laughs) you know what I'm saying listen me too I still have to pause people I'll be telling folks listen this work I teach y'all I still do to this day yes yeah I still do Absolutely. You have to pause. It's, it's too many moving parts of life yes. to not pause and kind of want to, I know during the end of the program, you know, um, you know, something happened with, with your mom and in terms of her health. And, and that was quite a scare for all of us who were, um, and even the ladies who were in the, in the program during that time with you. Um, what was that like for you, you know, just to because we had that call on Tuesday. Yep. Okay, y'all. And this is no lie. Was it two days later or the next day that you Maybe. got the call? Yeah, it wasn't. And I was ironically, I was out of town because I was at a funeral. We were, It happened when I'm at a funeral. So yeah, we had our check. We had our call. And probably within like a day or two, my whole world just went, went straight upside down. Like never in a million years would I have known. You know, my mother, she, she suffered from what was called a hemorrhagic stroke. Um, and that was a pretty severe brain bleed and yeah. it happened like that. Yeah. We didn't see it coming. No one knew. Um, you praise God. She is, she is doing very well today. That's amazing. Um, but it was a road. It was a road from the hospital to, um, being airlifted to another hospital to yeah. a couple of days in ICU, um to then going into rehab and then you know like so it's been there been steps and and movement like just a lot along the way what was it like when it happened it just seemed surreal I was like this is not happening (laughs) like you know we all know as we we have parents that are older you know or things just happen in life you know you know things happen but it just I didn't see that coming from a mile away at all never saw it but I think about um 
you know, when I look back now and I think about the fact that I went through this uh, and, and even like how you showed up and I, I'm going to say this because people need to hear it, like you showed up not just as my coach, but as my sister and my friend and someone who said, hey, even in the middle of this, like <laughs> y'all, she was still coaching me from afar. Like, look, I'm about to order you some food and have it delivered to the hospital. You need to eat like what, what you want me to do. And I needed that, though, you know, and that's why I'm having people that you can connect with community people that help you when you can't even honestly couldn't even help myself like I wasn't thinking about myself half the time I didn't even want to eat but someone who knew like look you need to gotta take care of yourself take care of you you do you do like how could I be there for my mom if I wasn't even like taking care of myself and sometimes you just you shut down stuff hits you so hard you don't even know how to get straight back up and figure it out um but I'm grateful I'm grateful yeah. I was in the program at the right time yeah. And I know, um, number one, I'm so glad to hear about your mom. Um, that is just, that's always a blessing to hear. And I know we talked a uh, week before last and you said that your dad had to release you because <laughs> I want to oh, talk yeah. about that. Cause you know, yeah. What, yep. what was, um, what, what, what did dad say? <laughs> so so y'all, I was going in the, I went in that mode. I told you to go to execute mode. So I'm in execute mode. Okay. Mama's coming home. All right. Look, I got to go help them get the house straight. Y'all done messed around and color. Co now I don't live with these people for 18 years, but I don't went in there and color coordinated my dad shirts in the closet. I'm like, look, I got to make sure life is good for them. I'm coming home every weekend. Let me wash clothes. Let's dust. Let's go grocery shopping. What a mom like, like what y'all need. Okay. What y'all need. And so Which is a, an amazing daughter, by the way, I, you know, I, they've been awesome. I tell people all the time, like it's an honor to serve them in this capacity. My parents have been amazing. And it's an honor to be in a place where I can serve them in this way. And I'm grateful for it. Um, and even in that, my wonderful father looked at me at Christmas. It was around Christmas time. We were sitting on the couch. And so he was like, okay. He said, hey, he calls me Nisi. Nisi, I need you to do something for me. I'm like, you know me, because I made attention now. I'm like, yeah, what you need? What we, what, no, more color coordination? What you need? He looked at me. He said, I need you to live. Me and your mama going to be all right. I need you to live. Aww. If we need something, I'm going to let you know. We'll let you know. So y'all be happy to know I've fallen back to maybe every other weekend, checking <laughs> in. You know, I'm not running <laughs> every weekend, you know, um, yeah. let do a little more on their own. Mm -hmm. When I go home now, I'm spending more time stepping in if they ask me to, and if they don't, I'm letting them do it. Because guess what? The blessing is they actually are still able to do things. And what I realized, even with my mom, letting her do things helps her more than yep. me doing everything. It does. And, you know, I've had to learn that. But yeah, he told me to live. Go live. Yeah. Go live. And I'm sure that experience changed them as well. Oh gosh. It did. They are in a good in a good way. A great way. They yeah. just their relationship, I can just you see the difference. It was always mm -hmm. good, but it's even better. So I hope everyone you can always get it can always get better. It can always get a little bit better. Yeah. Let's talk about your daughter. I know you said that um, you said something earlier about having your daughter has helped you let go of perfection. Oh, yeah. Um, let, let's talk about um, this beautiful nine year old, because, <laughs> you know, we heard a lot about in the program. And yep. um, I know there was some things that you were looking to help her with in regards to maybe help with her you know, relationship with her dad and all, all these things. Let's, let's talk about 
um, how do you feel like you all have gotten closer? Mm. I'll say this ever since the program, you are all the ladies we had this one night we taught you and I don't know who said it, but everyone chimed in. It was really good. And, and I know you mentioned it and, and it's like letting children have a voice and talk, listen. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I started instead of like, you know how you'll shut them down. Cause like well, the way I grew up, no disrespect to my parents, but it was like, um, <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about your feelings. Okay. Ch- like, mm-hmm. you know, a child is to be seen and not heard. That's it. Like, okay. Yeah, that was the, you the sad today. Wow. You have roof over here. You have foodie. You don't have no reason to be sad. You know? I'm laughing. Cause it sounds like my parents. <laughs> you sad for? You. You know? Yeah. And so honestly you don't mean to but that's how you raise you kind of end up mimicking unless something pops you out of that mimic uh you mimic the same thing and so I'm kind of mimicking like look she's provided for she fine and all of after we had that conversation at night it dawned on me like listen to her if she's saying she said ask questions like why are you sad are you mad well why are you mad and sit and like understand it because what happens is again when you don't you end up putting your feelings in a box. Like what I ended up doing. Cause like, I had no reason to be like, what I have reason I had to be upset or sad. Look, look at me. At least I have this, this, and this. I have that, but I also got this other thing that I'm dealing with over here. And so for her, I started listening to her and you know what made it better? Like we, we got closer because I started listening and so I could kind of hear what she was thinking, but it also made me vulnerable too, to her. I'll never forget one day she looked at me and she was crying about something. And I said, London, it's okay. Mommy cries. So she said, you do. I never see you cry. And I yeah. said, I do, you know, and I started talking to her about the things that made me sad. And she was like, oh, it does. Like you become, you don't become this thing where kids feel like you're not approachable or that you can't relate so I realized for a while, not that I was doing it intentionally, but her, she wasn't able to relate. We relate on a different level now because now she's like, well, if I tell my mom and I talk to her about it, she's not fearful of me shutting her down and saying, oh, go get yourself together. You'll be fine. Or, you know, um, well, just brush it off. Get up. Mm-mm. Let's talk about it. Let's, pro- let's walk through it. And I was never the best with that. But walking her through it makes me walk through it, too. So this is what she did. She reversed it on me one day. And I was um, dealing with something. I was like, well, just let me look. I'm a little, mommy's got a lot going on. I'm a little stressed. She said, well, mommy, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about why you're stressed. <laughs> and I was telling y'all, be it all about 40 something years of self, sat right there and started talking to her about it. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I started talking her through it. And it helped me feel better. You know, I still had to do some things, but it, it's just, it's changed our relationship. I realized me is listening to, let them talk. Let them tell you don't sometimes you know you get afraid of what kids are gonna say because they're real honest it's all right just like let them let it out because Mm -hmm. now I'm hoping she's starting to we're starting to create an environment here with me and her in a relationship where she feels she can come to me about anything and that's what I'm hoping for because I want to hear it if there are things that she doesn't understand like a lot of times she asks me questions about you know me and her dad like well I don't understand why y'all aren't married those are hard questions hard questions yeah and every time like she would say like it would send me into a tailspin because again that remember that perfectionist part of me feel like I let her down and you know mm-hmm. oh, like now she doesn't have a two parent household and and but she's asking a question because she just wants to know so I just tell her the truth hey look mommy and daddy love you very much our love for you has not changed just because we're not together you're right. very you know but we're better off this way it's better for daddy it's better for mommy. 
And a lot of times explaining that to her, even though she's not, she may not get it all now, but she, she, I can tell like it kind of settles her spirit, but I have to let her ask the questions, even if it makes me feel uncomfortable. Correct. No, I, I absolutely love that. Um, and I know it's been, we kind of wrapped up the program around August mm-hmm. and I know we're close approaching to March now. Um, how, what is life like now for Janice, so you know, right. so far? Cause this is a journey y'all. This ain't no, okay. I did 12 weeks that no, this is a lifestyle. Right. And so what has life been after for you in terms with just the relationship you have with yourself, things within you that you may have birth again. Um, what has life been like? Well, one thing I will tell you is um, when we were in your program, like mm-hmm. we had a portion of the program, where we, you know, we talked about our goals. And one of the goals I had for it to, that I was accountable to was like I, the braces, like I'm gonna make these braces, I'm gonna make them. And I did, I made 50 bracelets that I was supposed to go to a vending event. Mm-hmm to sell but because of what happened with my mom I didn't go and right. so I came home and all these like braces are on my counter because I'm supposed to be like my life was crazy my house was crazy and it was Christmas time it was December and I'm sitting there and like the Lord is like well why don't you like sell them online like for Christmas gifts and I'm like okay and I'm thinking but it's kind of like I'm like I gotta have a camping you know he's like no I just start going live like do 12 days of Christmas like, so start going live, invite people, send this to people, you know, and just, just talk and let them know. And I did it for 12 days and I sold over half of those bracelets. Now, mind you, the interesting thing is I went back to look at my goals because we had goals that you gave us. And I even kind of, because I, I calculated, I was like, hey, I want to make at least a thousand dollars with my bracelets. I wrote that down. I went back the other day and look, didn't think about it at the time when I was doing the 12 days of Christmas thing. Cause I was just being obedient. I'm like, let me just, I'm gonna do this thing. I, I just want to get past that fear. Like, let me just do it. And I made, I hit that goal, not intentionally, but I hit it anyway, but there was intention because you made us take actions to do a certain thing. Mm-hmm. And so what I learned after that was just like, it don't have to be perfect. That <laughs> come from the person who wants it perfect. It be perfect. <laughs> just put it out here. Yeah. You know, and so that was great. And that has me to the point where I started connecting more um, with the vendor that I've been getting my my beads from. I'm actually, um, I'm signing actually this week, I'm signing a, a filling out a form to being at an event in April that's coming up at his women's um, event. So I plan on going to do that. Um, and even just sitting down and planning out how to continuously make this like something that I continue to do. Like, how can I kind of get a little more um, traction around this and push through it? So that has been amazing because I've been trying to do, honestly, Tanya, I've been trying to do that for like four years, maybe. And I would just start and stop and just kind of little bit, do things at a t- little bit at a time. But this has been the first time that I pushed all the way through. So that has been exciting. Really. Oh, exciting. I love that. I love that. Uh, and her bracelets, oh my God, those bracelets are so beautiful. You do a great job because, honey, if it was me, yeah. um, <laughs> let's just say beads everywhere, okay? Let's just, <laughs> it's not my ministry. <laughs> everywhere, girl, just you put it on, it's falling off. They'd be like, uh-uh, so listen, I stay in my lane, but I'm going to tell you something. She has some amazing work and I'm so glad that you tapped into that side of yourself, Um, you know, to just do something that you enjoy, 
communicating with your daughter on a different level and also approaching relationships differently. I think there's so many different things you get from this program. It's not just about divorce. You understand what I'm saying? I think it's it's safe to say that that's a portion of it, but it's a lot more deeper than that. And how do you, how do you believe that, um, how do you believe that your your approach to relationships will be different now? Because the work comes in when that when relationships show up, right? Because we can get all the information, but when when we're presented to approach this relationship differently, then um that's when we're put to the test. Oh my gosh, yeah. So for one, going into relationships, not like. I used to say I do it all the time and I would like I'd be in a relationship and I would know his first name. Oh, your name is Tony. Your name is Tony. Your last name is Tony Moore. And then I'd be like Artina Moore. Like I'm already <laughs> down the aisle. I'm but laughing because that's first. so true. You know? Yeah. So like what's different now is get really just getting to know somebody and being honest. You know, being honest, mm. like if we're not aligned, we're not aligned. You know, we make breakups seem so detrimental. But I'm going to tell you what's detrimental. What's detrimental is being someone you're not, influencing someone else to be someone they're not, and then trying to force a fake facade is not real. That is hard and it's horrible. Like, do not do that. So what I've learned is like to show up and be me, you know, like show up, like what I like, say how I feel, because that's the me that's going to continue to be there. And the interesting thing is I'm going to keep evolving, right? But if I don't show up with point blank of who I am today, I don't do anything for that person trying to show them something, you know, trying to show someone some, a part of me or, or, or a fake something. So they like me, right? What? Like, if you don't like me, then that's okay. And, and, and being right. okay with it. Right. But, you know, rejection isn't necessarily that you're not good enough. Yeah, we have to stop internalizing it as something else yes. or making it be about our value and worth. I think yes. that is a, a game changer actually, when you can really d- draw a line between the two that's it and and it helped and it takes a lot of pressure off too and uh-huh. so like if you say hey well how would I approach relationships differently if if that person has a capacity to be a friend I'll be their friend first that's what I would, I would be I would get to just know you yeah like can I friend you are we because that tells you so much can we even be friends like it just I would approach it differently and not try to be so anxious to get to an end state it's mm-hmm. just like me and be okay and also be okay like I said if it doesn't pan out right I mean, you your cup of tea and that's totally fine that because part I would want is for you to seriously me and you don't want to be there so that's fine I, I I'm totally in agreement with that y'all seriously and I say that all the time to my my daughter um and I, I even said to you know, everybody, you're not everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. Everybody ain't my cup of tea. You know what I'm saying? And just knowing that we may not, like you said, be knowing that we are misaligned in areas that are truly influential to our quality of life. Let's allow ourselves to be honest about it as opposed to denying the reality that, you know what, we're not aligned. And this is, this is important. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's so crucial and I know it was two years, but I can't tell you how much time people spend on the wrong person when they knew they were misaligned in the first place. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to avoid the embarrassment yep. of making a decision on something that they shouldn't have made. 
only to stay with someone for decades to regret it later. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Um, I know we're about to get ready to wrap up and I wanted to ask this um, final question. I know that someone's listening Mm-hmm. And they they may have interest in in joining the program because mm-hmm. um, I'm actually starting the next cohort March the twelfth. Nice. That's when I'll be having my my cohort. And what advice would you give that woman who's listening right now, and is where you once were? Okay. You know, what would you tell her? I would tell her to do it now. She's worth every bit of it. We sacrifice for everything, you know, like, you know, we sacrifice if you're a mom, you sacrifice for your kids. Like if mm-hmm. they, if you figure it out, we just do like we we do, you know, I'm tired, but like one eye pride open, I'm, you know, fixing whatever she needs, but I can't pour into her if I'm empty. And so I would tell that woman right now, like, get yourself filled up, sis, put yourself first get yourself filled up, give yourself the tools you need to continue like to run the race that's ahead of you because you can't run it on fumes. And if you were like where I was, I was I was on fumes, like everything was evaporated. I honestly, beside, outside the grace of God, which is extremely important, that I was like hanging on by a wing and a prayer, but it looked, I looked normal to people on the outside. Right. But I was not. Yeah. So no, take the time take the time, take the pause. It's worth it. Take the pause and do the work, do the work. Like, you, you know, you say, Hey, Janice, you show, I showed up. Cause I'm like, well, if I don't do the work for myself, like who else is going to do it? Like, you know, I can't keep asking people, tell me something great about me. No, what is great about me? I need to go figure this out. What do I like? Go figure it out. Pause long enough to figure you out. And it's okay. And once you do it, all it's going to, it's not, it's not even a, um, it's not a detrimental pause. It's like a very intentional and deliberate pause that is going to change how you approach things for the rest of your life. You'll never be the same. Yeah. And that's the goal. That, that, that is the absolute goal. I, I really do love that. Um, Janice, I just want to thank you so much for taking your time to be on the podcast, but I also want to thank you for allowing me to just be a part of your journey. Right. That's very important when people are letting you in their life, in their world, in their business, that is very sacred. And to trust someone that, yes, you you met, you you found out about me through somebody else, but then, you know, it was, it was out here in these internet streets, right? It's a lot of noise yeah. out here. <laughs> and to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take a chance um, on myself. However, I'm going to allow her to help me take that chance. That means a lot to me. And I am forever grateful for that. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you do, for what you do. It changes lives and, and you've changed oh man, so many of our lives. And so we're grateful for you. Thank you for creating a safe space and showing us what it was like as women to support one another in the right way. You know, yeah. you're not going to pat us on our back and say, it's okay. You go call us to the mat, but you call yeah. us to the mat in love and we yeah. need it. We yeah, need it. we do. We definitely need that. And so I appreciate you. Um, thank you so much. And I know somebody, or I would say a lot of people are going to be blessed by your message today. Thank God for that. I am grateful. So grateful. Yes. Thank you so much. And you take care. Thank you. You too. All right. Okay. And so before we close out, I just want to drop a friendly reminder that applications are now open for the winter and spring cohort thrive program that starts March the 12th. 
And if you know that this is your season, then don't wait anymore. Okay. You know, I mentioned that I wanted to start the cohort kind of after the new year excitement, because I really want to work with women who are now serious about, you know what, it's time to turn the page here. Because even though I'm I'm handling my my day to day, I still feel like I'm in this autopilot and I want to live, right? See, a lot of us are just existing, but we're not fully living. And so it's time to give yourself the permission to do that. And so if you know that this is your season, ladies, then please apply today at www.imreadytothrive.com. That's www.imready, the number two, T-H-R-I-V-E.com. And I will put the link down in the show notes, okay? And so please make sure that you are following me on my social media handles. My Instagram is I am Tanya Carter. My Facebook is Tanya Carter and my YouTube is Tanya Carter. And this particular episode was recorded in video. And so if you want to check the video version of this interview, then please head over to my YouTube and I will put all my social media handles within the show notes. Okay. Also, Please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so that you can receive notifications on when the next podcast will drop and also leave a review. If you know that this podcast has been very influential to you post your divorce or even post your breakup, then please head over to Spotify and or iTunes and leave me a review. And last but definitely not least, share this information. If you know someone who is going through their go through and this particular interview can be very beneficial to them, then please make sure that you share it so that it may be a blessing for them. Okay, so thank you all again for tuning in with me this week. You all have a wonderful and an amazing week and I will see you next time. (music) 